Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 182. Are you really a podcaster and should you really be podcasting? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Is the term podcast really the right label for the kind of content that we produce? This is a very controversial thing with some people, even very prominent podcasters like Leo Laporte, wanting to ditch the term podcast and other podcasters wanting to embrace the podcast and some podcasters in some ways misusing and maybe even abusing the term podcast. So is that really the right label for what we do? And Can it be a lot more broad than that? Is just any audio or video that we put up on the internet, anywhere we put it, a podcast? And also, is podcasting really the thing that you should be doing for your hobby or your business? This assumption was suggested to be challenged by Jason Bryant from the Short Time Wrestling Podcast over at shorttimepodcast.com. And I've got that link in the show notes for this episode, number 182, if you want to check it out. These are the assumptions, the final assumptions, at least for now, in this mini-series that I've been doing of challenging the podcasting assumptions, where I've talked about stuff like, do you really need a website to podcast? Is WordPress the best way to go? Does SEO matter in podcasting? Should you have episode zero? Does iTunes new and noteworthy really matter? That and much more. You can get the full list of all of these episodes, even if I add to this mini-series later on, as maybe even a year from now, people might suggest, hey, here's an assumption, I think you might want to challenge this, or maybe I'll realize, here's an assumption I need to challenge that I've accepted as the norm, just because I've done it before this way, it's always been this way, or because I heard so-and-so say it this way. That's the kind of stuff that I'm challenging in this mini-series, and you can get that full list in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 182. That's where I'd love to hear your comments on this topic and also where you can get any of the links that I mention and follow along in the show notes for episode 182. Let's first start by talking about what is a podcast. By definition, a podcast is actually a technical label for a specific method of distribution. That is, episodic audio, video, PDF, or EPUB content distributed through an RSS-formatted XML feed and downloadable via the Enclosure tag. Isn't that exciting? Well, that's what a podcast is. So that means that we really need to refine what we call a podcast and realize it's sometimes not as broad as we may think it is and maybe not the best word for what we're doing. YouTube, for example, is not a podcast. Yes, you can distribute the exact same content from your podcast, which is your stuff that you're syndicating through RSS. You can distribute that also on YouTube. But nothing on YouTube is actually a podcast. When it's on YouTube, that is not a podcast. When it's in your RSS feed downloadable, through the enclosure tag, then it's a podcast. And YouTube, at least at the moment, doesn't publish downloadable links for video files 
even offering any kind of properly formatted podcast RSS feed from the channels or playlists. You can't get that. So YouTube is not a podcast, but you can take your content that's also a podcast and also put it on YouTube and maybe call it something a little bit different. And I'll mention that in a moment. But also multimedia on your website isn't a podcast, even if you're pasting that multimedia in blog posts, blog post after blog post after blog post, and that is distributed through an RSS feed, that's not a podcast. It's a podcast when that media is downloadable through the enclosure tag. This is one of the things that FeedBurner helps you to do and why, or at least one of the reasons why FeedBurner was created in the beginning, and certainly the SmartCast feature, because what the SmartCast feature in FeedBurner does, as archaic as it is, and as much as you shouldn't really use it, it was designed, or one of its purposes is to see a media file that is in your post, capture that URL, and turn it into an enclosure tag, in addition to adding the extra information that iTunes and other podcast directories require. But the only reason you would want to use the FeedBurner SmartCast feature, or even FeedBurner at all, is if the content management system you're using doesn't give you the power and freedom to create and own your own RSS feed. I have a separate podcast episode where I talked about that. The link is in the show notes for this episode, number 182. Podcast also doesn't mean anything about how professional or how amateur you are. I remember that I got into a little bit of of a debate with a company that wanted to take a particular piece of audio content and turn it into a podcast, or they just wanted to call it the podcast. And we had a little bit of a back and forth. And at that time, this was many years ago, I very mistakenly said, a podcast is where you engage with your listeners and you have some kind of interaction. This is social media. And I realized, and they came back with, guess what? The definition of what a podcast is, that it's downloadable media through an RSS feed via the enclosure tag. They came back with that and I realized, oh yeah, that's... That is true. That is literally, and by definition, a podcast. It's nothing to do with how you engage with your audience, how professional you are, or how amateur you are. Steve Jobs once said, and I think if he was still alive today, he'd probably take this back, and certainly Apple is taking this back in a way, but Steve Jobs once referred to podcasts as amateur hour. And yes, there are many podcasts out there that are amateur, but there are many podcasts out there that are very professional. And you know what? It's not necessarily a person that makes the difference. It's the approach to it. There are people who are not professional broadcasters, who have no business behind their podcast. They are just doing this for the love of it. You might call them amateurs, but the results that they get, their position, their influence, maybe even the amount of money that they're making from their podcast could rival so many of the professionals out there. There are many amateur podcasters who are ranked higher than celebrity podcasters who have been broadcasting for years. So I wouldn't exactly call that amateur, really. Maybe not even necessarily professional, but it is a podcast and it makes no difference the skill behind it. What's making this term and label a little bit difficult today is that the lines are blurring a bit. There are companies like Stitcher and Clear Channel. Clear Channel made the app iHeartRadio. And there are many other companies like these that make apps and services that distribute shows. Many of these platforms are in some way powered by an RSS feed. 
but some of them aren't. So you can't really say that, for example, iHeartRadio or Stitcher are podcatchers because you can't manually add an RSS feed to that program. You can only find a show from what's currently in their directory. Yes, you can submit shows to their directories, and usually the submission process involves something having to do with an RSS feed, but not all the time. JSON is a new or newer technology that's kind of as extensible as RSS, and in many ways a little bit superior to RSS and XML. And JSON is a way that many apps are collecting information instead of RSS or XML. But these apps and many others like them do give you a way of consuming podcasts as well as many other shows that you might call podcasts, but they're not actually distributed through the RSS feed via the enclosure tag. So they're not technically podcasts. They're shows. So the the way that we label this with all of these different platforms out there now, apps and websites and technologies, it's really blurring because even some people don't subscribe to a show anymore. They have an app for that show. They open the app and they listen to the show. They're not subscribed. They never pressed a button that said subscribe to this. They don't know necessarily that they're subscribed. They just know this content that they really like comes in through this app. Other people listen to a resyndication of multiple kinds of shows like Stitcher and other apps out there will find what you're interested in and give you content based on those interests. And you're not necessarily subscribed to any one of those shows. So it's getting a little blurry there in that aspect. And what's also not helping is when we mix the terminologies. And I really recommend that you do not mix terminologies. Remember, podcast is a technical label for a specific kind of distribution. So are radio, television, newspaper, and many other terms. And in particular, I hear many people calling podcasting internet radio or online radio. I think this is really doing more harm than good because it's inappropriately mixing the terminologies. Radio is where content is broadcast over radio waves. And your podcast is maybe downloaded through the wire, maybe downloaded through radio waves, through a cellular network or your Wi-Fi network, but it's not radio. It's a show. It's something that is available through different means and on demand as well. So I think it would be better to instead say, I host an internet radio show or an online radio show, or I'm into online TV or web TV or anything like that. I think those are really confusing people a bit to make it seem like this is the same thing as radio, but it's just on the internet, or maybe these things are merging. It, it's not a good direction to go. I think instead, we should look at explaining it in a way like this. It's like a radio or TV show, but downloadable through the internet, and you can subscribe to it, and you can listen to it almost anywhere and whenever you want. I think that's a better way to approach it, and also it helps educate the public about what this technology is. And think about some of the other labels that we sometimes misuse. Some of these have come and gone. Some of these are still here. But for example, videotaping. This is one that often people will say, oh yeah, we taped that presentation. Or they'll sometimes say, I'm videotaping this right now. But when is the last time that you saw a video camera that actually records to tape 
Now, most of the cameras, even very high-end cameras, are often recording to digital media, either directly to hard drives or to SD cards or to other specialized storage capacity cards. So videotaping is not a term that really applies anymore. Another one is video and DVD. This was a real pet peeve of mine several years ago when VHS was still around, and Disney especially was guilty of this. I hate when I watch old Disney movies, older, that is, like from the 90s, that's old to me now, I guess. But when I watch some of these older Disney movies that they say, now available on video and DVD, they're not two separate formats. DVD can be video. VHS can be video. They're both video. They're different formats. So it would have been more accurate to say VHS and DVD. But this also leads to a new problem that we have today. And maybe this is more my personal struggle with this. But that is the term DVD. That is, again, a specific media format. It is a very popular one. In fact, it's essentially ubiquitous media format. But when we want to own a movie that we saw in the theater... What is it that we commonly ask? When is it coming out on DVD? At least that's something that I find myself sometimes slipping and saying. But we may not actually want the DVD. We may want the Blu-ray. Or we may want to purchase it digitally through iTunes, Amazon, or other services, especially now that iTunes and probably other services are starting to offer the typical DVD or Blu-ray extras in your downloadable purchase. So we can no longer say, when is it coming out on DVD? Maybe not even necessarily say, when is it coming out on disc? That's no longer accurate, and we could sometimes misuse that label. Also, a term like the web or the internet are are not actually synonymous. Like the web, short for the World Wide Web, refers specifically to websites. That's why we used to use www with website domains, but it's no longer necessary and no longer recommended to use www, especially not to speak it. Just make sure that your website is accessible without the www and maybe make sure that it only points to the non-www. But the internet is much bigger than just websites. The internet is how you get your email, how you get social network updates, how you watch Netflix movies and Amazon Prime stuff, or how you get system updates for your computer and mobile devices. And It's how you view your websites and much more. So the internet is much bigger than just the World Wide Web. So when we're looking at terms like radio and podcast, we do, yes, need to remember that words do change meanings. Many years ago, book meant a printed or handwritten work of fiction or nonfiction. But today, book can also mean an electronic work of fiction or nonfiction. And radio is basically short for radio waves or radio frequencies. But you may download your podcast through any method of distribution. It could be radio, like Wi-Fi or cellular, or it could be wired through your home internet, or maybe someday there will be a different way of downloading podcasts through RSS feeds. So yes, the terms may change, but I think it's really important to continue using the label podcast in the right way. So in conclusion, what is the best label for what we create? I think it's not a good idea to too tightly embrace the term podcast and apply that to everywhere. Like if you upload your video to YouTube or your audio to YouTube and you call it a podcast, 
I don't think that's a good idea because it's not technically a podcast if it's on YouTube. It's a podcast somewhere else where you distribute it through podcasting. This is also why I recommend against using the word podcast in your titles, like to say the Daniel J. Lewis podcast. It's like movies using the media format in their titles. Imagine if J.K. Rowling had said the Harry Potter book, or Marvel called it the Avengers movie, or if Taylor Swift called her album Red Music Compact Disc. It just it doesn't work to list the distribution method or the media format in the title like that. Yes, there are some exceptions like the Lego movie, which if you haven't seen it yet, it's awesome. I can't wait to own that one on DVD, Blu-ray, download. I don't know. We'll see what I own it. And even the Bible, which actually means the book is, well, its name is just its media format. It's a book and it's called the book. So in general, I think we should brand our content without the media. This gives us far more flexibility to take that title across multimedia, books, videos, YouTube, Twitter accounts, social network presences. It could be a blog, an article, a magazine, anything like that. For example, my clean comedy podcast is called The Ramen Noodle, and I've expanded it since then to be The Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy. That works on YouTube as a podcast, as a blog, and much more. Now, sometimes in the podcast, we do say The Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast, and also the website domain is cleancomedypodcast.com because there is that association with the word podcast, and people are searching for that. But the actual title is The Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy and that works in so many different methods. So don't try to use the media format in your title. But I think that if you want to call what you do something, a label, instead of just calling it a podcast, because that is a bit limiting, I think the best label would be show. It's extremely flexible, it's accurate, and people will understand it. This doesn't mean that you should stop using the word podcast altogether or that it's some kind of bad word in the internet space, but I think that we need to educate people on this new kind of distribution method, just like people had to do when broadcast radio and television were becoming popular. Some people didn't know what it was, or think about the automobile, the car, how people were calling it horseless carriage because they were using what terms that they knew and applying it to something And then from that, we got the new term car, and that's what we call it now, or automobiles and other terms like that. So podcast is a new method of distribution, and I think it does deserve to have its own label. We shouldn't just be calling it internet radio, because you know why, and we also shouldn't call it weird things like netcast and such. I think the word podcast is here to stay, and it deserves to be right up there next to the other ways of consuming content and distributing content like books, radio, television, newspapers, blogs, websites, social networks, and podcasts, and more to come in the future in existing ways right now. When I tell people that I host a talk show on the internet, they can instantly relate and get a pretty good idea of what I do. They assume from that that there's probably some monologue, there's probably some dialogue, 
it might mean I have commercials. It might mean that I have a business from this. It, it seems to indicate that I'm a professional in some way and that I am an authority in some way and have a voice on this topic. But I can also further educate them by saying something like, you can subscribe for free to automatically download the latest episodes on your computer, on your mobile device, and even some cars, and then you can listen to that or watch it whenever and wherever you want. This new kind of distribution method is called podcasting. That's a better way to explain it to someone, and it doesn't really take that long, but it educates them on this new distribution method so that can stand out from all of the other distribution methods out there as its own style and approach. So I think the word podcast is here to stay. You don't need to change it, but we also need to broaden our thinking to realize we're not just hosting a podcast. We're hosting shows, a talk show, a video show. There are many different labels that you could use that are much bigger, and I recommend that you use those bigger labels to look at this. In fact, speaking of labels, let's go on to the next assumption. Are you really a podcaster? If you were to ask Jeff Goins if he's a blogger, he'll say, no, I'm a writer. Ask J.K. Rowling if she's a book author and she'll probably say something like, no, I'm a storyteller. I don't think you should limit yourself by using the term podcaster. That, by definition, means that we only distribute episodic content syndicated through RSS formatted XML feed as a downloadable media via the enclosure tag. Is that the only way that you ever want to distribute your content? Wouldn't you want to distribute your content in other ways, other ways that may not necessarily be powered by RSS or other ways that can help you grow your audience and make money from your podcast and gain more influence and much more? I think that just calling ourselves podcasters is a bit too limiting. You are more than your media distribution. The word podcast and podcaster certainly has its place in our language, and I'm not saying we need to throw it out. But I think that we need to look beyond a particular format or media distribution method when we're using titles for ourselves and others. For example, instead of calling yourself just a podcaster, you could call yourself a talk show host, a broadcaster, a journalist, an audio journalist, video journalist, a video reporter, a speaker, a subject expert. Any of these would actually be more appropriate and less restrictive than podcaster. And then it communicates better with people what you do how you approach it, and communicates a bit more seriousness about it that people can respect a little bit more instead of people thinking in their own minds, oh, podcast, I don't have an iPod. I have an Android phone. I don't use podcasts at all because of this. That doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. So I think you need to keep in mind you are more than your media distribution. Call yourself something that's more accurate, and in some ways probably makes you feel a little bit better. I don't want to consider myself just a podcaster because I don't only distribute content through RSS feed via the enclosure tag. I also put out content on YouTube as video content, also on iTunes as a podcast, 
I also write on multiple blogs. I run a forum. I'm active on social networks. So I'd rather say that I'm a talk show host or I'm a speaker or I'm a podcasting expert or an expert on the TV show Once Upon a Time or anything like that. It's broader and it's more accurate at the same time, which I know that might make your mind explode. So here's the big one if these weren't big enough already and controversial already. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on these in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 182. The final assumption in this present Challenging the Podcasting Assumptions mini-series. Should you really be podcasting? You have a message to share, but does that mean a podcast is really the best way to do it? Or even a good way to do it? So first, why not podcast before I get into why you should podcast? There was a great blog post or a couple blog posts, and this whole thing kind of blew up in a way. But Spencer Haas from Niche Pursuits made quite a commotion in the podcasting space when he published a blog post t- titled, Why You Should Not Start a Podcast. It was essentially complaining from, honestly, some laziness and some unmet high expectations. And I think now Spencer would agree on that, now that he's seen the light on podcasting. And Cliff Ravenscraft from Podcast Answer Man spent about two hours to specifically and kindly challenge the points that Spencer raised. Stuff like, well, look, you haven't really put much effort into this. You haven't published consistently. You weren't reaching out to your audience. You haven't given your audience easy calls to action. You haven't been measuring this stuff very well. All of this and more that Cliff mentioned in his discussion, and I've got links to this in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 182. I highly recommend that you check it out, read the blog post, listen to Cliff's podcast episode, because Cliff shared so much of the same thing that I would want to say as well to Spencer, but Cliff did an amazing job with it. And after that, Spencer had a real change of heart. And then he published a blog post saying, maybe you should start a podcast after all. And then he resumed his podcast. He's been going with his podcast now weekly up until this point, and it looks like he's doing a great job with it. And just looking at his episode titles for his podcast, I'd say he has new life to his podcast, and I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now he would say something like, I'm so glad I didn't stop podcasting. There are, though, indeed, many reasons why you should probably not podcast. Now, I'll list a few of these for you, but keep this in mind before I mention this list. A single one or two of these things doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't podcast. So here are some reasons that you should probably not podcast. You're not a good communicator. Your voice is hard to listen to. You want to podcast just for the money. You have no idea what to talk about. You aren't allowed to have a public platform. That does happen for some people. You're afraid of what people might think or do think you don't have enough discipline to be consistent, or you don't have enough technical knowledge or finances to be able to do this. Now, all of these together could definitely be a reason that you should not podcast. If it's just one or two of these things, don't let that stop you. Just because people uh, advise that two firstborns shouldn't get married or two lastborns shouldn't get married doesn't mean that they shouldn't get married. It just means that It's not a bad idea, but there might be some struggles, and you'll need to work a little bit harder to overcome some of these struggles. 
If all of these or most of these reasons I just gave are true for you, then yeah, maybe podcasting isn't the best way for you to build your platform and communicate a message with your audience, at least not at this time. Later on, you might discover that you've gotten better at communicating or you've overcome some of these struggles. Or maybe you look at this list and you realize, yeah, three or four of these things I struggle with. Does that mean I should podcast or should, does it mean I should not podcast? That's really up to you and how much you work to overcome some of these struggles. But just because you have one or two or even a few of these struggles doesn't mean you should not podcast. It's really up to you. So now, why should you podcast? I often give this presentation at conferences on why you should podcast and how to start the right way. So here are the five points that I usually share. I adapt these depending on my audience and sometimes add or remove these depending on where I'm speaking. But here are five reasons. Number one, reach a new audience. I see this over and over again where a blogger gets into podcasting and then discovers, just like Spencer Hawes discovered later, that it was because of his or her podcast that people found them and started reading the blog or that hired them after that. Just think about my relationship with you. Most likely, you would not have even known I existed if it wasn't for this podcast or maybe some of the other podcasts that I produce. Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income is making loads of money from different venues and different things and finding great success and really having a lot of fun and pursuing his passions in the different ways that he does. And I asked him for a quote on this, and he said, more people have discovered my brand through my podcast than any other source. That's amazing. And he had a very popular blog. Now, the popularity of his blog helped his podcast also become popular. So those two things aren't mutually exclusive. But Still, more people, and he says this quite often, more people come up to him and say, Pat, I listened to your podcast. Thank you so much. And very few people are coming up to him and saying, Pat, I read your blog. Thank you for this. There's crossover, certainly. But this is reason number one. Why podcast? So you can reach a new audience that people will find you because of your podcast. Number two, you can reach your existing audience in a new way. People can listen to your audio podcast while they're driving, while they're walking, while they're working, while they're eating, exercising, mowing the yard, relaxing, in wireless data, out of wireless data, and so much more. You can't read content in all of those cases, or not very safely in most of those cases. Please don't be that person who tries to read a book while you're mowing the yard. And you also can't watch video doing many of these instances as well. If you try to watch video while you work, then you'll be distracted from your work. Your boss probably won't be happy. Watch video while you drive and you won't be driving for very long. You can't consume that other kind of content very easily, but you can consume a podcast very easily because a podcast is more accessible, especially an audio podcast. So this allows you to, reason number two, reach your audience in a new way. Number three, why podcast? You can establish yourself as an expert. Audio and video podcasting focus so much on your verbal communication. You really can't have a good audio or video podcast if you're not using spoken words in some way. It's really hard to edit yourself to hide any kind of poor presentation skills. Yes, you can go in with audio and edit out your ums and uhs and pauses. And if you mess up, you stumble over a word or a phrase or something like that. 
You can do that in video, but it's very noticeable in video unless you don't show your actual face in your video. So you can edit this somewhat to cover up your lack of presentation skills to a certain extent, but this could drive you crazy to edit yourself to that point where you sound extremely unconfident and unskilled in presentation to sounding like a master speaker. This also means that people will hear a more authentic voice from you when they're hearing you speak and in a video seeing you present this information. This makes for a far longer lasting impression than just written words. You can edit what you write over and over and over and over again to make it absolutely perfect. But you can't communicate emotion as well through the written word. People can't hear your personality as well through the written word. They can't see your expressions. They can't get to know you as well through the written word. But in a podcast where people can either see or hear you, certainly they hear you if nothing else, people can hear how well you know your content. They can hear how passionate you are and they can see how good you are at explaining things. So you're establishing yourself as an expert by demonstrating all of these qualities that may not come out as authentically if you're just writing. So that's number three, establish yourself as an expert. Number four, market your products or services. A podcast can be a great way to grow your business. That doesn't mean this should be the only reason that you try and start a podcast is just to make money. But when your business is relevant in some way to your podcast, your audience will be far more inclined to work with you or buy your recommendations. With this podcast, I recommend products and services that are relevant to podcasters. I create products and services relevant to podcasters. I offer one-on-one consulting, podcast cover art, WordPress plugins, my podcast reviews, my new thing, podcast places, and many other stuff that I'm working on. All of these are intended to meet needs to help solve problems or ease pains out there for podcasters. If I had a separate service where I teach you how to train your dog, and I'm advertising it here on the Audacity to Podcast, it's not so relevant to you. Because while you may have a dog, it doesn't really make sense to hear about dog training in a podcast about podcasting. So it won't make as good of an impression on you. And really, most of you who hear it wouldn't care about the dog training. It'd just be, okay, he offers dog training too. Great. Good for him. Good luck on that. So number four, market your products or services. And I'd say when they're relevant. And number five, build stronger relationships. Podcasting, especially audio podcasting, is extremely personal. Just for me, for example, I take podcasts where sometimes no one else can go and I continue listening where no one else could continue a conversation. Like mowing the yard. Someone doesn't follow me around while I'm mowing the yard talking with me and I listen to them. It's not safe. It's not practical. Sometimes while I'm out shopping by myself, I'm listening to podcasts when maybe no one else is there to talk to me or I don't want someone in the store following me around trying to talk to me if it's not a friend. Another thing, I know this is very personal, but even using the restroom, I'm one of those types that when the door is closed, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want you to hear from me. Conversation is over. Let me finish some stuff first and then I'll come out and talk again. But yes, I do listen to podcasts 
while using the restroom. That might gross you out, but come on, you probably do it too. Or maybe you've just thought, that's right, I could listen there too. So don't judge me. This makes what's already a pretty strong connection because you're communicating through voice and frequency so much stronger of a connection. And because of the frequency of you're talking with them on a consistent basis, maybe it's every Monday at a particular time, people hear your podcast. You might be the thing they look forward to on Monday mornings in their dead end job. They look forward to not what they do for a living, but they look forward to being able to listen to a podcast while they do something that pays the bills and enables them to spend the evenings with their family and not have certain stresses in their lives. So this is making it almost a a form of a mild form of intimacy in your communication with them because you're communicating with them so much and in so many places where no one else could. Podcasting is also commonly built around passion. And when two people share mutual passions, the relationship strengthens and can grow into something mutually beneficial. This is what I want to do with you through the Audacity to Podcast is I give all of this free information about how to podcast, how to launch and improve your podcast. And many of you tell me that you use these tools, you appreciate the recommendations, you learn something new, you improve the way that you podcast in some way. And you may never, ever hire me or give me a dollar or a penny for anything. And that's fine. I want you to learn about podcasting and want you to launch and improve your own podcast. But also there are those times where sometimes you're able to give back to me. Maybe it's a suggestion for a podcast episode that I can share and provide more great content to others. Maybe it is that you hire me or you buy something from me that enables me to eat for that week. Anything that like that can be a way that a relationship builds. There are even more extreme cases where certain people have met and gotten married because they listen to the same podcast or friendships have been born because of podcasts. There are so many people I've gotten to know through the Audacity podcast, through our Once Upon a Time podcast, our Clean Comedy podcast, that I am so honored to be friends with all of these people. And I'm not talking about celebrities. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about other people like you who just enjoy this field of podcasting, who enjoy some of these same things. It's so amazing to have gotten to know you and other people like you through podcasting, these friendships that I never would have had. I have a friend in Belgium who every time they come to the U.S., they stop by the Cincinnati area and they visit with Cliff Ravenscraft and they visit with me and my wife and another mutual friend, well, Jeremy Laughlin, our co-host on the Clean Comedy Podcast and the Once Upon a Time Podcast. That's amazing. We now have a good friend in Canada that's a co-host with us for one of our podcasts and other co-hosts from other areas and people I've gotten to work with in so many different places. So all of these stronger relationships are building because of the podcast. So the five reasons that you should start a podcast are number one, reach a new audience. Number two, reach your existing audience in a new way. Number three, establish yourself as an expert. Number four, market your products or services. And number five, build stronger relationships. So in conclusion, should you podcast? Well, you're listening to the Audacity to podcast right now. So you've already taken the first step 
toward podcasting, and maybe you've taken several steps toward podcasting. So chances are high that if you've gotten this far, that the answer is yes, you should be podcasting. Maybe you just need a little bit help overcoming certain fears or technical uh, obstacles or anything like that. And by the way, if you have trouble overcoming some of the fears of podcasting, check out episode 55. I have the link to it in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 182 where I talked about the top seven deadly fears of podcasting and how to overcome them. Maybe that's what you need is to overcome some of these fears and discomforts. But I think very, very few people regret podcasting when they've actually invested the time and energy to create great content and communicate it well and consistently. If you're struggling to start or stay podcasting, that's why I'd love to help you. And I offer services, one-on-one consulting, group coaching. If you have a podcast, you're having trouble keeping it going. That's what Podcast Masterclass is for at podcastmasterclass.com. I have my next upcoming group session starting in September, and then maybe there will be some cool surprises and alumni will be the first to hear about them. So check that out at podcastmasterclass.com. But start when you're ready. Just don't wait for everything to be perfect. If you're thinking, should I really be podcasting? I want to podcast these other things. I have these certain fears, these struggles. Work to overcome those or start and overcome them along the way. It's more important, I think, to try to start well than to wait for everything to be perfect or to struggle so much with the decision that you get paralyzed by the decision and analyzing things. Just make a decision. You can change your mind later on, maybe depending on how committed and what investment is involved with the decision. But make that decision. And I'm recommending that if you're hearing me, which you are, I know you're listening, then yes, you should be podcasting. You have a message that deserves to be out there. And I think that a podcast would be a great way to do that for you. If you need help, I'd love to help you. Please email me, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com if you'd like some help with podcasting. I've got an announcement for you, and I'm excited about this. It's some more work for me, but I'm excited about this in a way that I changed something, and that is that I've realized I'm not blogging as much as I want to be, both on the Audacity Podcast and on my personal blog, danieljlewis.net. I think that I have great ideas from some good content out there. And certainly the blog posts that I have, and you look at my show notes, like the show notes for this episode are a blog post by themselves. But this content is being consumed. It's being appreciated by many people. I'm just not creating very much written content. And the reason is I'm not making time for it. So what I decided to do is to schedule weekly time to write more blog posts and produce more videos about podcasting, as well as some of the other stuff that I talk about at danieljlewis.net, my personal blog. So the best way for you to get this extra content that I'm going to start producing more and more now that I've got it on my schedule, certain times that I will be doing nothing else but these tasks, the best way to keep up with these things is to sign up for the email list at theaudacitypodcast.com. That's where I will announce new blog post episodes, as well as give you some extra bonus content and announcements and other information in the email list. But also subscribe to the separate video podcast I have about podcasting. It's called Podcasting Video Tips. It's not just 
a talking head version of the Audacity to Podcast. It's completely different content, and you can get it on YouTube and on iTunes, and I have the links to that on the website, theaudacitypodcast.com. Big thanks for some recent iTunes reviews. Chris Slam Anderson from Slam Session, A Geek's Guide to God, the Galaxy, and Government, and also the Liferosity Podcast. Big thank you to you for writing a review for the Audacity Podcast in iTunes. It really encourages me, and it helps other people find the podcast. So thank you so much. And if you haven't yet written a review, please consider writing a review for the Audacity Podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and also for my video version, Podcasting Video Tips, on iTunes. And here's what I want you to do as well. Mention your name and your podcast in the review That way I can put a link to it in the show notes, just like I did for Chris Slam Anderson and the Life Ferocity podcast. And I'd love to be able to link to your podcast too. So write those reviews and I'll get notified of them through my own service, mypodcastreviews.com, which you can check out at that website. Please send me feedback and suggestions for things that you need help with in podcasting. If you have any kind of business question, like you want to hire me, the best way to do that is through email. But you can send a podcast feedback, stuff that I can cover in the Audacity to Podcast through many different formats. So the feedback method is email to feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903 231 2221. You can also go to theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right there through the website. And I'd love to help you launch or improve your own podcast. Please comment on the show notes to let me know why you podcast and if you've struggled with some of these things and what your thoughts are on the term podcast and what you call yourself. This would be a great thing. I know it will be controversial in many ways. So please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 182. I've got some great content planned now that I'm past this mini series of challenging the podcast assumptions. You can also find that full list on theaudacitypodcast.com of the assumptions I've challenged. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, It's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.